0: The Chris
1: Han
2: Show.
3: Good evening, everyone, and welcome. This is The Chris Han Show. I'm your host. Chris Hahn, the truth is on the air. And truthfully, tonight, America, I am live and I am taking your calls pretty much all night. I got Tom Shaloo joining me in the nine o'clock hour. But if you want to get in on the national conversation, 631-451-1039 is our number here. 631-451-1039. You can also tweet at me at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. That's at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. But of course, six three one four five one one zero three nine is my number. And let me talk about our president, um, who once again showed uh, his inability to understand how things in this world work. And while his base is cheering today as he withdrew unilaterally from the Paris Accords, which were a voluntary agreement among nations to reduce emissions around the world, which this president revealed to the world and said to the world, uh, you know, just basically showed he doesn't understand how things work. He doesn't understand how leadership works. This president is a day trader, America. He's a day trader. What's going to help me win the day? Leadership is not about what's going to help me win the day. Leadership is about moving our planet forward, moving our nation forward, moving the world forward and leading the way. And the president's decision to withdraw from the Paris Accord shows us that he does not understand what leadership is. Just as last week when he was in Europe and he comes back and he says how great everything was and what a great trip it was. It wasn't a great trip, America. What was great about the trip was he didn't tweet all week. It was a horrible trip. You know why? Because he ceded the leadership of the West to the European Union, to Angela Merkel, to the Germans. The president refused on that trip to acknowledge the importance of Article 5 of the NATO Accord. He refused to acknowledge it. The The leaders of Europe are now starting to understand that they have to go it alone. And this president now is presiding over the decline of the United States and the decline of our leadership role in the world. In fact, the European Union today, the leaders of the EU, France and Germany are are actually working with the Chinese to further lower emissions. This president has it all wrong. He's talking about things that happened years ago when he talks about the Paris Accords, and he is wrong. Okay? As the leader of the free world, yes, we are going to have to give more and show the way. We are going to have to lower our emissions, as we have been doing as a nation quite successfully around the world, since this agreement has... has, uh, uh, been signed and before it, quite frankly, Mr. President, we have been lowering our carbon footprint. And believe you me, this president is not going to bring back coal jobs. Coal is not was not the, the victim of the Paris Accord. It was not the victim of the Obama administration. It was the victim of natural gas being abundant and cheaper to use. Natural gas can be put in a pipeline and shipped anywhere in the country. Coal has to be delivered by rail or by truck. Natural gas burns cleaner, is more efficient, creates more energy for less effort and less money economically, coal is dead. There will be no more coal plants built in the United States or anywhere else in the world for that matter. And what the president said today about China building coal plants is just an outright lie. It's either a lie or he doesn't know any better. I'm going with lie. China has been decommissioning coal plants, replacing them with natural gas, and China has been leading the world in solar production. Today in the United States of America, there are five times as many jobs in clean energy as there is in coal. And those jobs keep growing and they pay well. And you know what else? You don't get black lung from them. And if you deal with clean energy, you don't have to worry about polluting the waterway. You don't have to, to worry about, uh, about polluting the air. Your kids get less asthma. Your water is cleaner. We don't have to pay to clean it up. This president today showed ignorance on what is actually happening in the world. He showed a failure to lead. And he has once again shown he is a boob who basically believes conspiracy theories brought on by people on the right who are just pushing an anti-whatever-the-democrats-say agenda. It's not even about coal. It's not even about big industry. 1200 Major corporations in this country came out, wrote a letter to the president, put it in the New York Times saying, please, Mr. President, please do not pull out of the Paris. Now, their first mistake was putting it in the New York Times. We know the president doesn't read the New York Times. No, they should have put it like in the Archie comics or something, you know, or Mad Magazine or Alex Jones's Infowars, And then the president might have actually seen it. But 1,200 corporations, including Exxon Mobil, where his secretary of state comes from, said, Mr. President, please do not pull out of the Paris Accords. But what does this president do? He listens to the like of Steve Bannon and EPA administrator Pruitt, who doesn't believe in global warming, and little Stevie Miller and Sean Hannity and like five other freaks. Who believe that climate change isn't actually happening? They have no evidence for this because the scientific community is not split, it is united. 99.999% of scientists agree global warming is real and man is partially responsible for it. And we need to take efforts to reduce greenhouse emissions. But not this president, not his band of idiots. This president thinks it's a deal that has to be evaluated on what's happening right now to the United States. And that is absolutely not leadership. That's day trading. It's all right if you are buying and selling stocks on E-Trade to act that way. It's all right if you're selling real estate in New York to think, what's the best deal I can get right now for me? But if you're trying to lead the world, you have to lead the world. And this president clearly doesn't understand that. Or maybe he does. And maybe he doesn't believe the United States should lead the world. Maybe this president does not believe in our exceptionalism and our moral authority to lead this planet because clearly he doesn't have any morals, right? I mean, clearly, if you've watched his career and you've watched him govern as president, you've watched him obstruct justice, you've watched how he treated his wives and his children and he's embarrassed his family, you watch what he did on that tape This guy's got no moral authority to lead anything. So maybe he's just withdrawing and trying to get the best deal for right now. But, you know, the president put the United States in a very exclusive club. We are now, we have now joined Nicaragua and Syria as the only three nations on the freaking planet that has not endorsed the Paris Accords. Thank you, Mr. President. It's nice to know we're right there with Syria and Nicaragua. And by the way, in Nicaragua's defense, they didn't sign on because they didn't think the agreement went far enough. Syria, they've got other things on their mind. Nobody kind of wanted to sit next to them at the climate summit. So they just didn't show up. But I bet if they did, they probably would have signed on. So America, look at this man. Look at what he's doing to our country and our reputation around the world. I get it. You know, he every day, there's always an excuse. There's always some reason. There's always some nonsense surrounding it. It's a bad deal. It's costing jobs, coal, coal. Believe me, if you believe that coal is a viable industry, honestly, get your head examined. I know a guy. I know a guy. He's now the HUD secretary. He's got gifted hands. You might want to talk to him, Ben Carson. He's something special. You should have him look at your head because God knows he doesn't know what he's doing at HUD. We haven't heard from Ben. It's been it's been eighteen. It's been it's been uh, six months. We haven't heard from Ben. is my number. I am Chris Hahn, and I am live tonight. 631-451-1039 is my number a little later on. Tom Shalhoub joins me. Uh, Tom Shalhoub, you know Tom, red eye. You might might see him on Jimmy Fallon. He's uh, one of the uh, regulars in the Ragtime Gals, his uh, barbershop uh, quartet. He's got a new book coming out uh, called Mean Dads. Uh, mean Dads for the Future of Society or something like that. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Actually, I have it right here. Mean Dads for a Better America. He'll be joining us a little bit later on. Tom Shillow, he's a great guy. I've been on his show, Red Eye, a million times. I do his radio show, uh, and it's going to be great to have Tom uh, here. But 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to get in on the national conversation. 631-451-1039. I am live, and I'm talking about Trump, and I don't think he's a leader. And you don't have to agree with me if you want to have this conversation. In fact, I prefer if you don't agree with me. I want to know why you think this guy deserves to continue to lead this country. Or why you think he's actually showing leadership. I mean, I saw him go to the Middle East and give a speech to every nation of the Muslim world. And not once in that speech did he mention the words radical Islamic terrorism. Now, if, uh, if you ask me... I don't think that that's necessary. But if you ask Donald Trump on his campaign or at his inauguration or at every other speech he's given on the subject, it's almost imperative that you say the words radical Islamic terrorism or terrorism's just going to keep going on if you don't call it what it is. That has been a Republican cry for the last eight years, even though Bush didn't call it radical Islamic terrorism. Nobody would say he was soft on terrorism, at least after 9-11. But Bush didn't call it radical Islamic terrorism and Obama didn't call it radical Islamic terrorism. You know why? Because they were president of the United States and they behaved like presidents of the United States, not like day traders trying to win a news cycle. Like this president does. Day traders trying to win a news cycle. President Obama understood that if you called out every person who was Islamic and tried to lump them in with the few who were terrorists, that didn't help the cause. In fact, it might have drawn them to the terrorists. Right? Just like when the IRA was bombing London, we didn't call it radical Catholic terrorism or radical Protestant terrorism. We understood we understood that there were certain radicals in the IRA that we had to, we had to, to, to deal with, just like we understand that ISIS is horrible and Al Qaeda is horrible and they need to be dealing with it. But when the president goes over to Saudi Arabia, he didn't call them. when President Trump goes over, he didn't say the words radical Islamic terrorism. You know why? Because he couldn't say it to his face, to their face, because he's a coward. 1039. one four five one one zero three nine. I'm gonna go to the phone. 1039. one four five one one zero three nine. I'm gonna go to Danny in Santa Mariches. Danny, how you doing? Very good. That's you
1: question. Yes. You know, you said like the president doesn't know what's going on. Look what's what happened. Look what's going on with our country. How like with NAFTA? Remember, Ross Perot said, "Don't do it," and yeah. nobody listened to him.
3: Yeah. Where are and, all our jobs? and what has happened?
1: Yeah. Look at where all our jobs are.
3: No, I I mean, we have four and a half percent unemployment. When NAFTA was signed, we had six and a half unemployment. So unemployment's down 2%. How many people are on food stamps? Not that many. I I know that's a huge talking point. I know that's a huge talking point among Republicans about how many people are on food stamps, etc. But we have a safety net in this country. And we brought in the safety net during the last recession to allow more people to recover. With
1: $20 trillion in debt.
3: Are you kidding me? Yeah, and when when Donald Trump gets done with this country, we are going to be $100 trillion in debt. If you look at his budget, if you look at the way he's dealing with health care in his budget, the president of the United States right now will put us deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in debt. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to get on the calls. Thanks for your call. Um, Yeah, uh, uh, we have debt in this country. We have debt in this country because of two wars that Obama didn't start that basically were the reason why his debt went up so much. In fact, the president, President Obama ran a smaller deficit than President Bush did. than President Reagan did, but he had to pay for the war and other things. 631-451-1039 is the number. If you want to get on the conversation, 631-451-1039, I had a guy. He just wanted to yell at Mike. Guys, don't yell at Mike. This might be his last show. We're trying to get Mike to stay on the job. So don't just yell at Mike tonight and 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 leave. I, I want you to be nice to Mike, okay? All right? If you want to call in and yell at somebody, call in and yell at me. I can take it. You know, just talking to Mike, who is not really here to to spout his political opinions. I know he's kind of similar to me, but maybe not exactly. You don't yell at Mike. You call You call in and you talk to me, okay? Grow a pair, don't call and hang up. I mean, this is like, this is the, this is my show. This is what happens every single week on my show. People call and they yell at Mike. Now, Mike's got a good day job and he's probably not going to be with me anymore. We're trying to keep the band together. I'm trying to give this guy a reason to stay and you're calling and you're yelling at Mike. And that doesn't, that doesn't, jive with me. You're just like President Trump. President Trump will say radical Islamic terrorism when he's in Alabama, but he won't say it when he's in Saudi Arabia talking to people who actually can help the problem. You know why? Because saying it means nothing. And he lied to you during the campaign. If you really think that that's what is going to change the way we deal with terrorism, just saying those magic words, you are insane. 631-451-1039. 631-451-1039. I'm going to go to Sue in Yapeng. Sue, how you doing?
0: Hey, how
3: are you? I'm doing good. How are you?
0: Good, good. I just wanted to get your opinion on Kathy Griffin and her escapades the other day. What do you think of that? I,
3: I think it crossed the line. Look, I'm no fan of Trump, but you never put a you never you never take a picture like that or do a video like that of, of, of the president's head being chopped off. I thought it was a look. I I tend to like Kathy Griffin, but I, that was kind of over the top. I completely renounce it, reject it, okay. and and you'll never get that. Look, I don't like the president right now. But I will respect the office, and I will never call for anybody to be physically harmed or ever do anything to help people, be uh, to make people uh, have that image, Susan. How you like that? I
0: agree. Thank All right, so much. Thank,
3: no problem. Thanks for your call. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to get in on the conversation. Look, comedians should have a broad breath to tell jokes. I, like, I was not offended by Stephen Colbert uh, when he said the president is Putin's blank holder, whatever it is. I wasn't offended by that. He's a comedian. Broad breath. But I think you cross a line when you're hanging somebody in effigy or you're holding up a bloody head. That was way, way, way over the top. And I tend to like Kathy Griffin. Ah, look, I hear another one of my callers fighting with Mike on the other line. It's driving me crazy. Okay. I am the guy you want to talk to. Okay. Mike is the guy who answers the phone for me. And if you don't have the balls to get on the air, stop calling the show. All right. 631-451-1039 is my number a little later on. I got Tom Shalhoub. He'll be coming coming on the show talking uh, talking about his new book, uh, Mean Dads for a Better America. It's another one, Mike. Another one being a little baby who can't get in. I had, I had a, a bunch of callers in the first 20 minutes of my show who just want to yell at Mike, who just want to call in and say, what is that liberal doing on the air? Yeah, I know. I get it. I'm on a lot of conservative radio stations. I know I'm on the same air as Hannity and Mark Levin and some other nut jobs that don't know anything about nothing. Okay? I get it. I, Hannity's still pushing a conspiracy theory that is ridiculous, was ridiculous and irresponsible when it started. I tweeted at him the other day. I don't think he's going to put me back on the show for another six months. I tweeted on the other day because there was this whole thing about the two reporters that were looking into uh, Ivanka's, uh, uh, the, the, the facility in China that makes Ivanka clothing, and they went missing. And I said, Hannity, here's a mystery for you to solve. What happened here? Because if it was like Chelsea Clinton's clothing factory in China and they went missing, it would be seven nights a week of Hannity saying how Chelsea had them killed. Totally irresponsible. Shouldn't be allowed. Needs to stop. He knows better. I know, Sean. He is not an idiot. He knows better. And there are a lot of things to talk about in this world, Sean. Lots of things to talk about. Glomming onto a conspiracy theory at the expense of a grieving family is absolutely irresponsible. And I get it. You've got a bigger show than me and a bigger microphone than me and maybe you'll never let me back on the air, but I'll tell you what, he probably will let me back on his air because that's the thing I like about him. He he takes on all comers. Sometimes edits me when I'm on his air, which is why I come on these airs and try to clear the air. Hey, look at that. I like it when he shows live and not taped. Then he can't edit me. He sometimes shuts my mic off and that annoys the hell out of me, but he can't edit me when we're live, but you gotta be responsible. You'll never, look, I made a mistake the other night on Jeannie Piero, she corrected it. I was wrong about the charity thing, whatever, the, tr- the foundation thing, but I was right in the sentiment. If the same fact pattern applied to Chelsea Clinton every single night of the week, conservatives would be airing this week, the whole trip would have been about how Chelsea Clinton got $100 million from the Saudis, even though it didn't go directly to Chelsea Clinton's foundation and it went to the World Bank, but it was a program that Chelsea Clinton was pushing. In this case, it was a program that Ivanka was pushing. So I was wrong. It didn't go to the foundation, but it did go to her charity, which is what I said most of the time in that interview. So I was right. All right. 631-451-1039 is my number. I'll be taking your calls on the other side of this break. 631-1039. 451-1039 You are listening to The Chris Hodge Show Keep it where it's at I'll be right back
2: Conservatives, listen up The truth is on the air The Chris Hodge Show
3: Yeah, baby Tin Soldiers and Nixon's coming I mean, I hate that I would rather have had Nixon as the president right now. Nixon, who created the EPA, understood how we need clean air and clean water, didn't put some stooge in charge of it who's a climate change denier, who got every single clean water bill removed, law removed from his state when he was there. This is a guy who just doesn't get it, who isn't serious about governing, who isn't serious about leading the world. And who needs to be gone sooner rather than later it 's dangerous. I mean you know look i 'm no fan of Mike Pence, and listening him to him today introduce the president with that nonsense let 's give that guy an academy award because there 's no way a career politician like Mike Pence has any respect at all for donald trump he 's already put together his own pack. For 2020, because he knows that this president is not going to last. And even if he does, he's not going to get the nomination for the Republican Party. Or if he does, he's not going to be president. He's going to bring that whole party down with him. 631-451-1039 is my number. This is the Chris Hahn Show. I am Chris Hahn, and I am live, and I am taking your calls. 631-451-1039. You can also tweet at me, at Christopher Hahn, on Twitter. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter. A little later on, I got comedian Tom Shalhoub joining me. Uh, we're going to talk about his new book, uh, mean dads for a better America. I guess Tom had a mean dad, uh, growing up and I think we, uh, we've got to figure out uh, how mean that dad was and if it helped for a better America. 631-451-1039 is my number. And I, I, yeah, I mean, I hear the intro to this segment and I hear 10 soldiers and Nixon's coming and I think, man, there are a lot of similarities between Watergate and what was said early on in Watergate. And what's being said now, in fact, I think we're further down the Watergate road now than we were at this point uh, during the Nixon era. Once, you know, we had the break in and it was months and months and months and months, maybe a year before any real action happened in Watergate. I think next Thursday when Comey testifies uh, before the Senate Intelligence Committee, I think that's going to be a must-see TV moment. Uh, I think it's at 11 a.m. I can't wait. I am setting my DVR. I'm going to have to plan my show around it. I mean, my show. I usually plan my show the night before, and then something happens. That's what's been happening in the Trump years, and I got to change everything up. You know, today I, I wanted to spend the whole show talking about confifi, which I'll talk about in the in the second hour probably. But uh, no, I got to talk about Paris. I got to talk about the president abdicating the leadership of the West. It's not just about Paris, America. It's not just about what the president did with Paris. It's about the president abdicating the leadership of the free world. He's a day trader or a day tripper as the Beatles would call it. He he doesn't understand the long game. Think about his career and his life. He went from crisis to crisis, sold building buildings, sold real estate, up and down. It's what can I do today? What story can I get in the paper today? This is a man who once posed as his own press secretary, John Miller. Remember that? Remember that? To give himself good press because he didn't feel anybody else can do it, which is why they're trying to downplay... The daily briefing. Yesterday, they didn't even let them televise it. This is odd behavior, America. And maybe this president gets away with it with his base, but his base is shrinking. Some polls have him at 36%. 62% of Americans polled today say that when the president speaks, it doesn't help his case. (laughs) You believe that? 62% say that the president speaking on the issues does not help the president with the issues. I mean, I agree. I agree 100%. I think when the president speaks, it doesn't help the president. I think when the president speaks, it doesn't help America. I think the rest of the leaders of the world and the rest of the people of the world are saying, why did the Americans elect a maniac? This can't last. We got another guy, Mike, who just doesn't want to talk. I I love it. I love it. These big, bald conservatives who have not a ball among them and don't want to get on the air with me. They just want to yell at Mike. And if you saw Mike, you would never, ever yell at him. He's a very large guy. I think it's time for this president to sit down. I think it's time for Congress to stand up. It's time for him to be reeled in. Time for him to be reeled in. Well, what do you think, America? I'm going to go to the phone. 631-451-1039. I'm going to go to Phil in Santa is again. On. Santa riches is I like my... It, I got a lot of listeners in Santa Riches How you doing, Phil?
2: Yeah, not, not good listening to this.
3: Not good?
2: And, and, and not good listening to this, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead, Phil. Because this liberal ideology is a disaster. You tell me where it's worked.
3: Uh, it's worked here work. in New York State, every, Phil. How you doing? How how, how you doing, city. Phil? You got a five day work week, right? That was Let liberal. Go ahead, finish. Phil. Finish, Phil. Every
1: city, democratic run, a complete welfare crime ridden. Uh, can
3: you impressive. afford an apartment Look at in Manhattan, Phil? Look at I mean, Santa uh, Maria is such a long way yes. from it. It's like this, like this nonsense. Every city that's liberal run. Blah 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 blah. Yep, Phil. New York City's liberal run. Boston, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. You can't afford there, Phil. Trade in your house in Santa Riches and what do you get in New York City? You might get a parking spot. You might get a parking spot for your mansion in Santa in Riches. Okay, Phil? These guys, liberal run cities. He felt like he was like he was like huffing and puffing because you know why? Because his hero is letting him down and he knows it. He knows it. There's no conservative ideology. 631 451 1039. Let's go to Rob. Robin Medford, how you doing, Rob? Hi, Chris, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. Uh, th- thank you for having me. Anytime. Uh, you know, I, I voted for
1: President Trump, and I'm definitely a little disappointed. Like, you know, like you had said earlier, you know, we broke a lot of promises. You have this deal with the Saudis I don't like. Right. I was really hoping for the Muslim ban. That was, there's no wall yet. Um, there's probably not going to be a wall.
3: The, probably? You know, wall. Who's going to pay for the wall?
1: I, I, who's going to pay for it, exactly? Right, because
3: the whole thing was Mexico! And he's, right. How would Only, he ever make that happen? That's
1: that, right, and Mexico's not going to pay. And, right. You know, I feel betrayed. I would. I was really banking on a Muslim ban.
3: Well, and, I don't understand why you were banking on a Muslim ban, Rob. I mean, like, oh, we can't ban a religion. You, we have not Sure. Do we want Sharia law here? No, Do and we we're not going to have Sharia law I mean, oh, here. Rob, we're not going to have Sharia. You law. what's going on? Rob. Is, we Rob, want the hey, hey Rob, ban. I want to keep you on, but you keep talking over me, and I'm the host. So you've got to you've got to respect the host chair, okay? I respect the host if you
1: respect the Muslim.
3: I ban. I don't respect the Muslim ban because I believe in the Constitution of the United States of America, which has a First Amendment, which does not allow the the establishment of a religion or or the or ban the free expression thereof. So putting a Muslim ban is anti-American.
1: Oh, it's not anti-American. The Muslim, the Islam is All right. anti-American.
3: You know that's ridiculous. I can't. I mean, these guys six three one four five one one zero three nine. In America, we have a constitution. One of the things in the constitution that was very important, in fact, so important, it's in the first amendment to the constitution. Not even in the fifth or the second. The first. It bans the establishment of a national religion or and it prohibits the government from blocking the free expression of religion. That's what we do in America. We are Americans. So Trump wants to ban Muslims. What if somebody wants to ban a specific sect of Christianity that you belong to, Rob? We don't do that here we don't ban religions here we don't ban a specific religion here or any religion here so Trump you're banking on a Muslim ban and you're disappointed in it well he tried but it's unconstitutional Remember how these guys were all about the rule of law and respecting the Constitution, and these idiots wear their flag pins and take the Constitution out of their pocket? I think they should read the Constitution. That's what should happen. Read it. Understand it. Understand that we do not establish religions here and we don't ban the practice of religions here. We don't do that in America. Ever. It's not something we do, Mike. 631-451-1039 is the number. 631-451-1039 is the number. If you want to get on the phone, the phones are lighting up right now. <laughs> 631-451-1039. I got distracted screeners. Uh, there's a lot of people calling and like to say crazy things. And uh, it is insane. Uh, Somebody who called in, you know, uh, I got a note passed to me. He wants to know, what if I tried to build a church in a Muslim country? Well, I don't live in a Muslim country. I live in the United States of America. I don't live in Saudi Arabia or Iraq or Iran or Afghanistan. So it doesn't matter what they do over there because we're better than them. Idiots. You're an idiot if you don't understand that. You are an idiot if you don't understand that. And I cannot have a conversation with you if you don't understand that it's different being an American and living in America than living in Saudi Arabia or Iraq or a Muslim country. You're allowed to practice Islam in America because we believe in the free expression of religion here. They don't. We don't need to be equal to them in that regard. In fact, we're better than them in that regard. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. Justin and Selden. Justin, how you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm going to try to calm down. Well. I just want to rant because I got a note passed to me by, from an idiot who said, why don't you try to build a church in a Muslim country? Well, I'm not going to a Muslim country. I don't live in a Muslim country. I live in America where we don't have an established religion because we believe in freedom of religion. How do you believe in freedom of religion, Justin? I do absolutely. I I, I don't believe in a
1: um, you know a Muslim ban. I believe that anyone, any religion should be able to practice their religion with any, without any kind of uh, consequences, harassment, violence, right? Uh, anything anyone's cutting them down. Um, so so I wanted to call him because I, I am a Trump supporter, but I, I do like to think of myself as a pretty uh, logical person. Um, you
3: know, you you're right. You're a Trump a, supporter. I am. How's he doing? In my
1: opinion, he's doing right. If you had uh, to give I,
3: him a grade, you know, A through F, what would you give him? I,
1: I'd probably, probably a B. A B? I, I
3: would go. What did he succeed in that gave him a B? Like, if you're a, if you get a B, you've gotten it mostly right. Like, what has he done that's been mostly right for you?
0: Uh, I mean, he has kept some promises. What? Which uh,
3: promise? That he was going to pull out of the Paris Agreement so that we could breathe smoggier air? That
1: that was a promise and he did keep it. I mean, you may not be in favor of the promises that he's made and right. he's done. But but he did he is doing Yeah, like so the, the one things promise things. that
3: he could do with the stroke of a pen he kept. But what yeah. else did he do? Well,
1: he did try to ban people entering our country. But from, he didn't uh, get it world, done, world, did he? Did he? but areas. he but he
3: didn't get it done, did he, Justin? So like no, how do you give him a B if he way. doesn't even get it done? Right? I mean I I think it's ridiculous that he wanted to ban people based on their religion. But he even that he failed at right. So like if I'm grading somebody, let's say I have a test and and there's ten questions on the test, and one question is 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 the Muslim ban. Well, he didn't get that question right, right? So let's say he I, did. i agree with you there. Right. Yeah. So 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 you got to take points off for that. Um, uh, how about repealing Obamacare and replacing it with something wonderful? Has he done that? No, he
1: hasn't done. All that.
3: right. So you got to give him. You got to give him an X for that too, right? Now how about building the wall and having Mexico pay for it? Is that a two part question or one part question? That's
1: it's a one part question.
3: All right, so you I'll want to get more so but That's did he do that? Did he is there it. any sign that he's gonna be able to do that?
1: I, I think that he may be able to get but he
3: hasn't payment. done it yet. So let's call that incomplete at least for now, because you can't give him credit for that because he's not it's not there's no plan for that happening, right? How about tax reform, which he was gonna do on day one? How's he doing on that so far?
1: Tax reform's not there, but
3: I Right. So that's him. another one. So right now he's got five out of ten wrong. And we're still giving him a B? Because in Mike, where I went to school, I went to Center Each High School. You're from Selden. So I know they, they were easier graders at Newfield. But <laughs> but uh, but let's let's just say at Center Each, if you got five out of ten wrong, you failed. <laughs> right? Even if we give him everything else, which we won't because he didn't Every even if we gave him everything else, he's he's failed so far. Am I am I wrong? I, I,
1: I mean, I, in, in my eyes, he's not a failure.
3: I'm still you just, happy. you him. are I just hopeful, Justin. I wish I you must be young because you're hopeful and you think that this is going to change. But I believe that people can. not I think that, you know, you kind of know how a president's going to do after the first hundred days and he got nothing done, Justin. Justin, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. 631 right. 631-451-1039. I just convinced Justin he won't admit it yet. But I'm pretty sure, Mike, that Justin now knows that the president is getting a failing grade. Okay. Now, I know he went to Newfield and it's a little bit harder to understand if you went to Newfield High School... I mean, Newfield High School is the only high school that kids from center Each high school can kind of make fun of a little bit. So I feel, I feel a little bad from that. I, know, I noticed he was from Selden, and I know the area. <laughs> so sorry to make fun of you, Justin, but thanks for your call. 631-451-1039. This is the Chris Hahn Show. I have got Tom Shalou coming up in the next half hour, I hope. 631-451-1039. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter, uh, if you want to find me there, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. If you got something to say to me, you can say that there too, and I try to get back to you uh, on it. And oh, I got a plug. I am going to be on uh, the show, The um, the Specialists. It's on at 5 o'clock on Fox News Channel on Monday. I'll be on for the entire hour. Uh, I'll be talking politics. I was on Channel 5 today at 5.30, and I believe I'll be on again at 10, Uh, talking about Hillary Clinton and, uh, what her future is. And I, I made it very clear that she's an elder statesman. I don't think she's ever going to run for president again or anything else for that matter. But I do think that she's got, uh, she's got things to say and she should be allowed to say them and she should say them. But I also said that that campaign has got to start looking a little introspective too. It's not all external factors that caused that loss. Campaigns matter. I've been saying that all along and they ran a bad campaign. The external stuff didn't help and maybe but for the external stuff, the bad campaign would have gotten by, but it would have lost four years from now because that campaign was not good and it ignored a lot of things going on in the world and it had a lot of people who thought they were geniuses that only wanted to look at data and didn't want to look at what was really going on and and that's something that if they could come to grips with and really understand, they will have a lot to offer future campaigns, because you really never learn when you succeed. You only really truly learn when you fail. And we have to make sure that we are not failing. I mean, that we're not just letting failures, you know, go away. We've got to understand why we failed. I mean, I think in my life, in my career, I've learned through failure. I think that's the way it goes with, uh, you know, with people who play sports and other things like that. I think you've got to learn through failure so it's very important to learn through failure, and I think she's got a lot to offer. And I was talking about that on Channel 5 in New York. If you're in New York, I know i got people in Florida and other places listening to me uh, around the country. But to my New York listeners, uh, yeah, check me out there. It was a Skype shot, and I think it looked pretty good. i got my HD Skype can going. It was good. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to get on the calls. i got a couple more minutes in this half hour, and then I am uh, going to be bringing in Tom Shalhou. Uh You know Tom. You see him on uh, Jimmy Fallon. You saw him on Red Eye with me, if you watched me on Red Eye. Uh, You see him on Fox a lot. Uh, He is a comedian. He's a funny guy. uh, And he's got a new book coming out called Mean Dads for a Better America. So uh, stay tuned for Tom. He'll be up real soon. Uh, And then I'll take your calls at the bottom of the next hour, 631-451-1039, if you want to get back in on the action in that regard. If you want to talk to me about Trump. Because I don't think he's a leader. I really don't. I don't think the man is leading this country. I think he is abdicating leadership of this country. And that abdication of leadership is dangerous, and it will I, I I mean, I think the actions he's taken in the last two weeks between his foreign trip, which I think was a complete and total disaster, and his removal of the United States from the Paris Accord. Paris climate agreement will not be something we easily recover from, America. It's going to be a while before we we recover from those mistakes. A very long while. It might we might never recover from it. He's really opened the door for another western nation or maybe even China to assume a leadership role in climate issues in defending Western democracies. And and don't even get me started on what we're hearing about him giving back the two properties President Obama seized from Russia as part of sanctions for them interfering with our election. Don't even get me started on that. I don't want to get started on it. Anyway, I'm running out of time in this segment anyway. So 631-451-1039, I'll be taking your calls at the bottom of the next hour. I got Tom Chaloux coming up in the next half hour. You're listening to The Chris Hahn Show. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back.
2: You can't ignore the truth forever. So listen up. The Chris Hahn Show. Hey.
0: Yeah. Voice.
3: All right. All right. All right, I'm back. I want to just remind you guys I am going to be on the Fox News Channel Monday, 5 p.m. on their new show. It's called The Specialists. I probably should watch it before I go on, it. I have no idea what the format of that show is. But join me right now, one of my boys from the old Fox News Red Eye days, one of my favorite shows I ever did ever in the history of my being on TV, even when I was on Current, and it was a bunch of liberals talking to each other. I liked (laughs) doing Tom Chaloux's Red Eye Show more. It was a lot of fun. I got to meet some cool people, uh, you know, celebrity type people. I mean, I met a lot of celebrities over at Current, but, uh, but I met a lot of fun, interesting characters over there. And I love the fans on Red Eye. Even the ones that disagreed with me were kind of cool. Tom, how you doing?
2: Christopher Hahn. what is your specialty? What are you a specialist
3: at? Uh, I think uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh,
2: improv. You're gonna—they're <laughs> gonna put it up there. You got to think of your specialty because it's going up on the. Uh, oh, on is the that screen. what they do? They
3: put your specialty up there. I make a mean—I yeah. make mean French toast. You think that's good <laughs> enough? <laughs> that's it. That's I am like enough. a fantastic, uh, I make great, sometimes I make chocolate babka French toast, which is, yeah. it, it's something special, Tom, it's something Listen, special. Listen, you want to,
2: uh, just a little tip, you want to appeal to that uh, five o'clock Fox News crowd, freedom toast, not French toast.
3: <laughs> yeah, freedom toast, that's right, freedom <laughs> toast, we don't want to be, we've pulled out of the French toast accord uh, in America, yeah. it's, it's just a exactly. horrible, a horrible thing. So Tom, you got a new book. Mean Dads yeah. for a Better America. I am looking forward to reading this book, although I haven't gotten a free autographed copy. Um, oh, know, I just, thought
2: they would have sent you that. Nobody just sends send me one over. Nobody sends media. Me,
3: Nobody sends me anything. I'm like a minor star. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm verified on Twitter at Christopher Hunt. But uh, tell me about it. What's going? What What's this all about?
2: Mean Dads oh. for a Better America. It's basically the thesis is this. Back when I grew up in the 70s, I was born in 66, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, dads were meaner, moms were tougher, teachers were stricter, and the bullies were nastier. And yet, somehow, (laughs) we made it out alive and we're better people for it.
3: We did. I was born in 71, and my parents weren't so mean, but they were very religious so it was like my parents yeah very strict strict, at least until i was 16 then when i was 16 they are like all right we did our job go do
2: your thing hey that's that's the thesis of my book my parents raised me like it was the 1950s yeah it was very old-fashioned childhood but then when i hit the middle of adolescence they were they they said they let go and let god they said this kid we raised him enough yeah and they didn't get in my face yeah I, i tell parents that the thing is You gotta you 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 shape them young like my parents did. Right. I was afraid of my dad. That's why I say mean dads for a better America. Right. It was, you know, a mean dad is a dad who he scared you so much that you didn't misbehave.
3: Right. Right.
2: He used to reach for the belt, but he never took it out.
3: Oh, I got the belt, man. I got the belt. I got the wooden spoon. I got the whole (sighs) thing. The big wooden spoon, not the little you know mix and sauce wooden spoon, you know like if you yeah. worked in a uh, industrial kitchen wooden spoon.
2: right
3: <laughs> It was bad. <laughs> uh, it didn't happen a, it didn't happen a lot. Got it
2: a few times a couple of times, right?
3: I mean, it didn't happen a lot, right? Like maybe yeah. once or twice a year, right? Yeah. And it and it was, you know, ridiculous. My, my little brother got it a lot worse than I did. Uh, but, uh, you know, I wasn't a bad kid. You know, I had a paper route. I was an athlete. I was a good student. Yeah. You know, so, you know, every now and then I'd do something stupid. Like I'd stay out past my curfew. That was a big one. Staying out past curfew was a big one for me. But the funny, oh, like yeah. I said, I had a 10 p.m. curfew when I was 15 or 9 p.m., whatever it was. But then when I was 16, no curfew. That's it. You're and, done. We're done with you. We're going to work on the other three why. we got.
2: <laughs> you raise them hard, and then you you got to let them out of the nest. That's right. The thing. Right. So. And I think my parents knew that, and I think the mean dads of the old uh, of the old days understood that, which is why they were why they were mean. They scared you when you were young, and right. then you at some point you get you know you you get to the point of where you can get in trouble, but you don't because you had boundaries as a kid.
3: So now, is your dad still with us?
2: He is. And did he? he in, in did, did he
3: endorse this book? Did he put a blurb on there?
2: He did not, and I haven't even let him read it. I didn't even send him a chapter or an excerpt. Uh, he's not going to read it until it comes out, and he's going to have to buy it. What?
3: You're going to make your dad <laughs> buy your book?
2: What a better lesson. It's Mean Dads for a Better America. So I figure, you know, give, give him a little back now. You know, give him give him a little back of his own medicine. But You're, the thing is, I think he's going to love the book because it's a tribute to Mean Dads. I right. mentioned in the book, you know, somewhere in, near the the first chapter, I mentioned, I'm not talking about abuse. Abuse is real. Right,
3: yeah, there is and definitely abusive people. Right. Yes,
2: and it's a tragedy. I'm talking about Mean Dads, the ones who raised you right, and the, you know, the in the old days, we were scared of our dads. Right. You're not allowed to be scared of your dad anymore. I can't be a mean dad. I want to be a little meaner. So it's like, I know I won't be like my dad, who right. I call Darth Vader in the book. He was <laughs> Darth Vader. And he would wake us up on Saturday morning, and he'd, just with his breathing, you know, he'd say, get the car. We'd have to get in the car.
0: Ugh.
2: You know, without any breakfast. And he'd drive. And Where he did you go? We'd go to the uh, Freedom Trail. We, we, anything bicentennial. We'd wow. Go, this was We were coming up on the, the 200th anniversary of our country, Right. so my dad would pilot, get the boys in the car and he would take us in and we'd go to the uh, Old Ironsides, we'd go to the Bunker Hill Monument.
3: Oh, you live in Boston? Yeah. Why did I always think you were from Florida?
2: No, no, it was uh, like Massachusetts, Norwood, Massachusetts.
3: Oh my God, I I had this all wrong. For some reason I thought you grew up in Florida. I used to always make fun of you on Red Eye as being from Florida and you never corrected
2: me. I, I did? I just, I, the thing is I didn't I tended not to correct people on uh, on Red Eye you know
3: oh wow, I don't otherwise
2: know. I'd be correcting you all the time.
3: Yeah, I mean you know, that's Andy's job is to correct people, but he never corrected exactly. me either. I would say things <laughs> like you're from Florida. <laughs> he would never catch me on that. Uh, I love that freedom trial in Boston so you would get up so, so let's let's go through this a little let's break this let's unpack this a little bit as people love to say now. Let's yeah. go through the childhood. Now well, your dad couldn't have always been mean like he was always mean?
2: always mean. He was the meanest dad in the neighborhood, too. All the kids were scared of him, so he would come home from work in his Dodge Dart. He'd get out of the car, and all the boys would go running. They would run away. Oh,
3: oh my God.
2: Because he was the scary dad of the neighborhood, you know? Was he? And a- they all felt bad for us. Oh, boy, your dad's so mean. But he wasn't inside the house. You know, you had to just... You, you knew how to stay clear of him. You know? Right. You knew what set him off.
3: Right, right.
2: So that's what that's another thing. That's why mean dads are good, because they help you, you know. You learn how to navigate with a mean dad, what? and you know you, you learn what buttons not to push. Right, 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 right.
3: What kind of co- What kind of job did your dad have? What did he do, you do as, for a living?
2: He was in computers.
3: He was in computers early 60s on. Sixties
2: and seventies. Yes, he worked for Honeywell and IBM. And his his uh, computer room. Whenever I'd go to his work, he would have this huge basement that was filled with the mainframes, right, be spinning around, right. With spinning disks, right. And it looked like the Starship Enterprise to us. We thought it was very cool.
3: Wow. Why didn't you start learning computers instead of, you know, telling jokes? Like, how did this happen?
2: Uh, we all got out at the same time. My dad, he, I always <laughs> say my dad's timing was just, he, he worked computers in the 60s and 70s. Right. And then just about the time when Bill Gates was about to, you know, take over the world. Right. And And Steve Jobs was building his own computer in his garage. My dad was like, I'm out of the business. He, went out, he dropped everything and he opened an ice cream store.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Now, wait a minute. How could a mean dad own an ice cream store? That doesn't make it. There's something not connecting for me here.
2: My dad always, like most kind of blue-collar dads, you know, even though he was white-collar, but he had a blue, blue-collar attitude. Right. He always wanted to leave that world behind. We used to go to the mall, and he would look over. He would look longingly at the guy at the Orange Julius, oh. and he would think, "One day I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit everything, and yeah. I'm gonna open an Orange Julius." Like he wanted. That's what those guys like. They want. They always want that. They that, want. Uh, they.
3: They want their the own stand. thing,
2: right? They want yeah. to do their own
3: thing. They want to be their own no, boss. No. My own man. Right. I'm gonna be my own man.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. I'm so like he opened that. an ice cream store in Randolph, Mass, and I managed it for him. So I had to work for my dad.
3: Oh my god! And that must yeah. have been painful. And and. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine. So let's let's talk. Let's let's talk a little bit more about this. So so tell me what a typical day growing up with a mean dad
2: would be like. Well, we'd get in the car, right? The car and,
3: that was yeah. packed and have a dad.
2: Exactly. And he would drive, and then he wouldn't talk to us. He'd just sit drive in silence, and no air conditioning. You know, no uh, no no music. And uh, my brother and I would be sitting in the back seat, no seat belts. Because you didn't have to have seatbelts back then, safety was not an issue. Right. If Dad took a right, you just slid over to the left. Remember, and then yep. you take a left, you slid back to the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'd be getting car sick back there because we're we're car sick people, the Irish Catholics. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah.
3: My and, stepfather's uh, Irish Catholic.
2: Oh yeah. Right. And uh, so we'd be we'd be sick, but we'd be afraid to speak up to my dad. We're sick in the back seat of the car. <laughs> and this is how afraid of my dad we we were we we didn't say anything we just sit and just try to grind it out you know wow and then uh you know one of us would just start throwing up and then my dad would say what the hell is going on <laughs> you know he'd pull over the side of the road he'd uh he'd pick up some dirt and cover it it didn't help it just made a dirty vomit you know
3: right right right
2: and uh you know we People today, they say, you were so afraid of your dad, you wouldn't even tell him you were sick. I said, no, the man was, he was like Darth Vader. You know, he was, that's why guys of my generation are so attached to Star Wars. (laughs) You know, the Star Wars nerds, they're all like in their 40s and 50s, right? Yeah,
3: I'm a Star Wars nerd.
2: Yeah, you know why? Because our dads were... It all made sense to us. The legend, it was like, you remember in that second movie when Darth Vader's looking down at Luke Skywalker? He's like, Luke, I am your father. (laughs) Guys like me and you. We're sitting there in the back of the theater saying, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect perfect sense.
3: (laughs) I'm talking to Tom Shalhoub. He is a TV host, radio host, uh, big-time personality. He's the author of a book called Mean Dads for a Better America. He's also one of the featured performers in the Ragtime Gals on Jimmy Fallon's uh, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Now, what is it called? It's The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. What am I talking about? No,
2: it's even further than that. The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. The
3: Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. He's yeah. one of the... Ra- I mean, you're basically the, the... You are the bones of the Ragtime Gals. I just got to say that. I mean, I, I've watched the show. I know it. It couldn't exist without you. You're the guy who brings the pitch The pitch pipe.
2: I bring the pitch pipe and, uh, you know, I bring the heat because I've been singing Barbershop since 1984.
3: So now, was this to please your dad? Now I, I, now that I'm, I, I'm thinking about this, like everything... Where was your mom when all this meanness was going on?
2: My mom was tough, too, because she... You know, back in those days, you can't just have a mean dad and then just a, a pushover mom. Right. So the moms had to step it up too. She wasn't as scary as my dad, but she was tough. So if there was bullies in the neighborhood, like now you got bullies, everyone. You know, they 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 snuff them out early. But right. To me, bullying was was good because it made me the man I am today. Because I would come home and I'd be crying about some bully, and my mother would say, "Go punch him back." Yeah. That's what mothers did back then. Yeah, punch him back. Yeah, and so I would go out and punch him back, and then that didn't always work out. Usually, he'd he'd go ahead and beat me up anyway. <laughs> but at least I stood up for myself, you know. Right, and she right. She knew that I wasn't. She used to say all the all the old cliches, sticks and stones. You know, if somebody said a bad word about me, you know, my name Shalu. It's it starts. My name starts S H I. Right, right, right. So it's very easy to turn that into a slur. Right,
3: you right. You know what I'm talking about? Right, right. So.
2: If that happened, I would go home and tell my mother, and she would say, sticks and stones might break my bones. Nobody says that anymore. Right. And it's your people, Chris Hahn. You're liberals. You guys, you're the ones who, you know, you, you say that that names do hurt, right? They do. <laughs> but even if they do, you got to tell a kid, names will never hurt me. Right. And
3: uh, I always so- tell my kid, you know, be nice to everybody. Now, I have daughters, right? So... You know, I, I, you know, it's impossible to be a mean dad to a daughter because you know, it's your daughter, you love her, it's the whole thing, and you love your son, but you know, you want your son to be tough, right?
2: Uh, it's like so, the old John Mayer song, right?
3: Yeah, fathers be good to your daughter. You're right.
2: Yeah, boys will be strong, boys soldier on.
3: Right, right, right. So yeah, I, I mean, I always tell my daughter to be nice to everybody. If somebody calls your name, don't worry about it. Uh, and they yeah.
2: will. They're worse. The girls are worse for the name calling.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: They're, they can be, There's, remember, mean girl. That's uh, true. It is
3: true. It absolutely is true. So I, I'm, I'm interested to like really see your dad's reaction to the book, Tom. I mean, that's the thing that I think all America wants to know. Will you be doing joint appearances with your dad after the book comes out?
2: My dad might ruin everything if I did a joint appearance with him because right. he is the sweetest guy. He's the sweet old guy. Right. And I Try to tell people when I have my legends of my dad, and they say, "What are you kidding me? This guy? I mean, he's like, uh, you know, this sweet old Irish Catholic guy." And I say, "Yeah, but you, you know, you got to look at it from my perspective. Right. When I was eight years old, you know, he was the scary figure. Right. So it's from a kid's perspective, he was scary. And plus, he's not he's not a mean dad anymore. He's a granddad. Right. He's now and,
3: sweet pop pop shaloo, or whatever your kids yeah. call him.
2: And uh, so when I tell my legendary stories to my kids, they say to me, Grandpa Shalou, he's not mean, Dad. He's <laughs> not mean. They, they, you know, they laugh at me like I'm lying or something. But right. I'm not lying. The guy was scary. <laughs>
3: <laughs> was it maybe it was just you? Maybe you were just a bit of a wimp and you were just like, did your brothers like find him scary or maybe it was just you? Maybe you just were a little, you know.
2: My brother, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, we both would sit in the back seat and we, we, we would never even... You know, we were starving. We are always hungry, right? Right. And we wanted to go to McDonald's. You want to pull into a McDonald's. Right. Which, back in those days, there was no drive-thru. You had to pull in, you had to get out, you had to do a whole operation, <laughs> go in the restaurant.
3: I. How did you grow up in a town without a drive through McDonald's? They've had drive through McDonald's since the 1940s.
2: <laughs> no, Han, you're wrong. You're younger than me. You don't remember. But the thing is, drive throughs they didn't happen till 75. Okay. They didn't happen until 75. Right. So, in the early 70s, you know, I remember that Two things. It was the uh, Nixon and Watergate and the fact that you had to walk into a McDonald's to get your hamburger. <laughs> you had
3: to walk uphill into a McDonald's both ways. <laughs>
2: exactly. I, I'm
3: imagining your childhood. This is what I'm picturing. You remember the movie Zoolander? Like, your dad is John Voight and you're like the Derek Zoolander character in your family, and you got two brothers working in the coal mine, or in your case, the ice cream store, <laughs> with your dad, exactly. John Voight. We we don't want anything with your damn barbershop quartets.
2: <laughs> you know? well, I did. I went even a throwback. I mean, Dad was not a barbershop singer.
3: I, I would imagine. I think your dad was probably like a Steely Dan, you know, and no. early seventies rock. No,
2: he was he was old school, and he he loved. Musicals, and he would force us to watch his favorite musicals like Kiss Me, Kate, <laughs> and uh, Brush you know. Up
3: Your Shakespeare, baby.
2: Oh, that was his tune. Yeah, that was his tune. He loved Brush Up Your Shakespeare, and so whenever the musicals were on, and also the you know the great uh, movies like Ben Hur, right, and 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 Ten Commandments. So my dad would force us to watch these movies with him, and so I did get a great education in old movies. That's why I love uh, you know I love the classics because he would you know he wouldn't tolerate. You know, we didn't, you had to watch what he wanted to watch.
3: Your dad would be like walking around the house singing Brush Up Your Shakespeare. And he'd come into your room and go, hey, Tom, hey, Tom, have you read, have you read Taming of the Shrew today? Like the song says, Tom, Tom, uh, you're not, what is this, you're mut- not what off. is this mutton?
2: <laughs> he literally would sing Brush Up Your Shakespeare. And he would make <laughs> us learn the lyrics. And, uh, but, you know, it was, it was forced on me as a kid, but like all things, like I said, this is the my thesis of mean dad, that we didn't want to do it. You know, he forced us to go to church. He forced us to yeah. sing, brush up your Shakespeare. But I'm appreciative of it now because I realized like I got the benefit. I got so forced. What we do is we we what you got the sports.
3: Oh uh, no, I got forced to go to church.
2: Oh, you yeah. got forced. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it, look, it it helps. We now we forget. So parents like we like you got parents and they're. They're, they want to be friends with their kids. They don't want to confront them. They don't want to push back. They don't want to be mean dads. Right. And the thing is that we're robbing them of the wonderful childhood because I had the most. I had the most wonderful, happy childhood, even though I spent it mostly in fear.
3: Hmm. That's
2: amazing. I was afraid of my dad. I was afraid of my teachers. You know. And you give I was afraid it. of you, the bullies.
3: And you think that this is why you're successful.
2: Yes. And I, you too, Han. Look, <laughs> you grew up tough. Your dad was even, you know, he he pulled out the uh, the belt more than mine. I,
3: I got hit. We get hit yeah. on a regular basis when I was a kid. And
2: look at you, top of your field, top of Insulin. my game, baby. Top I'm I'm a game.
3: specialist. <laughs> I am a specialist on Monday. I don't know exactly what my specialty is, but I'm a special. All right, I got two minutes left with you. I got to ask you about Trump. Tom yep. Shull, by the way, pick up his book, "Mean Dads for a Better America," uh, on sale on Tuesday, Amazon.com. You can probably pre-order it right now. If you, you want to
2: reorder
3: it. You, uh, so, so Tom, two minutes left with you. Tell me about, you know, are you still with this guy? I mean, I was on your radio show about a month ago. Uh, you were still loving the Trump.
2: Uh, He's fun. He's fun. Chris, look, he just pulled out of the Paris Accords. Who saw that coming? Everybody. I think I think we all saw it. Coming, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I could get something done and, and, and nobody can stop me. Oh, I better do it because it's the only thing I can get done. <laughs>
2: it's not... Well, this is the thing, but you know what? Like the reason he can do that. Is because the Paris Accord, you know, this was this—it's—it's it's not real anyway. It's it was voluntarily.
3: It's voluntary. It's
2: Voluntary. So right. You know what? I this is one area. I almost, I think I don't even agree with Trump on this because uh, I say just you know it, it, don't make waves. It's right. like everyone's going crazy, and you got these. You know what's telling though, Han, is yeah. that you got Tesla pulling out, and then you got the guy from Disney, Bob Iger, pulling out of his yep. economic council. Yep. It's funny because of all the controversial things he did, the stuff he said about Mexicans and the coming over the wall and the rapists and all that stuff, and they stuck with him. It shows you that global warming, it's, it's even more than race. It's more of a hot button issue. It's, it's in our literally
3: a hot button issue because the buttons are going to get hotter every single <laughs> year because of this man. <laughs> okay? It's it's so, so bad. All right, Tom, I got 30 seconds left with you. This is my plug-away moment. So we got the book coming out, Mean Dads for a Better America. We got at Tom Shalhoub on Twitter. You got the radio oh, show. it's local.
2: It's local, so they can come to my book release. I'm having a party at Caroline's. We're going to do stand-up. And we're gonna. Everybody gets a free book. Nice. To come to the show.
3: Nice, except for seventy five dollars. <laughs> no,
2: no, it's it's twenty two bucks, but you get a book. It, so it's actually, you know, it's like you're you're getting a free show or a free book. There you
3: one. go. You're getting a free book and a free show. And Tom's a funny guy. It's gonna be a funny show. Caroline's, I brought you. When is it? On uh,
2: Tuesday the sixth.
3: Follow him on Twitter at Tom Chalou. You're listening to Chris Hancho taking your calls 631-451-1039. On the other side of this break. I'll be right back. Keep it where it's at.
2: The Chris Hahn Show.
3: Sometimes I forget I have a radio show. I just want to hear these songs. I know that I haven't changed my bumpers in a long time, but I love these songs. That's why they're my bumpers, okay? 631-451-1039 is my number. I am Chris Hahn, and I'll be taking your calls the rest of the night. I got about 20 minutes left with you. 631-451-1039. Don't forget Monday... On the Fox News Channel, 5 o'clock, I'll be on the show called The Specialist. As Tom Shalou says, I don't know what my specialty is. Uh, I make a mean steak on the grill. Uh, but that's just, you know, I, I, that's kind of hard to call a specialty. But I, it is time once again, America, for the Terry test. As you know, here at the Chris Hahn Show, we cannot afford a fancy poll to figure out what's going on in the mind of Trump voters. So I have settled on one Trump voter who has been calling me for about a year uh, oh really? A year now? It's about a year, Terry. I mean, you started calling me during the campaign, yelling at me uh, for making true. fun of him, and That's then we true. said, "Hey, let's figure out what's all what Terry's all about." Uh, we know that you're a retired nurse, uh, yes. and and and, uh, and and you voted for Trump. You were a supporter of Trump last time we talked to you about Trump specifically, and give you asked for a ranking. You gave him a seven on the mm-hmm. Terry scale. And in the last uh, 30 days, we've heard more about Comey, and he fired Comey, and he did the other stuff, and uh, went to Europe and didn't do too good there, Uh, made some weird tweets. So where are we today, Terry? We
0: are, I would say, an eight. An eight? We've gone up. Why did you go up? (laughs) Why did I go up? Yes. Because this guy gave up his life. To try to make some improvements in this country. And all he's been doing is trying to fight everybody off, attacking him. This Kathy Griffin thing
3: was the final thing for me. You're giving him an eight because Kathy Griffin? No, uh, because a, a, what a he's B-list, all a this B-list time, comedian? All this BS
0: that against him all the time. He's trying to do work, and, and people are doing all this all crap right. to upset his family. So let
3: me let me ask you this question if you were his teacher in school and you were giving him a test and the test was all the things he said he would do particularly in the first couple of months on a scale of a through f based on his actual work not based on all the noise but actual accomplishments he said he would do a healthcare repeal and and make it a uh, something better he, you know, he said he would. Uh, he would end NAFTA. He said he would build a wall with Mexico. He said he would have tax reform. Um, all sorts of things. Okay, through, but
0: everything he's doing, he's but getting, a through, uh, bounced
3: a, out. But A through F, he's not. He's not getting anything done
0: because the the people in congress keep on bouncing everything away. But he
3: but he has control of congress. It's the Republican Party in Congress that can that controls. Shouldn't he be leading them? The president is the leader of the free world and of his party. And he's well, got control. On his
0: side. Right. They're not. I know. They're well, not they're all not all
3: on his side. side, but shouldn't he be able to get them on his side? I mean, even well, Obama was able to get Obamacare through wrangling Democrats. And if you know anything about Democrats, it's like herding cats. You know,
0: Well, I told you once before, I'm not educated like Judge Janine, so I'm <laughs> not qualified. I'm just giving you my opinion. Well, look, you, we
3: love you anyway. I just <laughs> want you to know that. I'm still
0: supporting him. Okay. uh, All
3: right, your your support. This is as high as you've been, an eight since since the election. You were a ten on election day. You dropped down to a seven point five, then down to a seven, and now you're up to an eight. Yeah. Somebody got to you. The Trump people got to you. (laughs) No, no.
0: Seeing his, what happened with Kathy Griffin? All right. His son saw that. No, no. So you got to leave the president alone. All I say
3: to you is this. His son didn't see it, by the way. That's, that's nonsense. Um, all I say to you is this. The next week, there's going to be hearings in Congress. Jim Comey's going to testify about what this president was saying to him. Listen closely. And make another judgment. We'll get you back on in a couple weeks to give you your scores. Okay, Okay, Terry? Okay,
0: I'm doing the best I
3: can. Look, you're doing a great job. We appreciate it. It it is surprising (laughs) that you went up to an eight because the guy, in my opinion, has just been an unmitigated disaster. But you are (laughs) entitled to your opinion, and that's why I want you and I want to understand the mind of the Trump voter. Terry, I love you. Have a great night. Okay, Six three one four five one one zero three nine 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to get in on the calls. I'm surprised. 631-451-1039 Six three one four five one one zero three nine. if you want to get in on the national conversation. And I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter. I am, I am thoroughly surprised that Terry uh, would give him an eight. Her highest rank. I mean, I guess he just got back from Europe. And if you really like Trump, you could say, well, he went to Europe and he was so strong. But even when he was in Europe, he didn't say, he didn't tell the Muslim world about radical Islamic terrorism, which... For the last eight years, I've been hearing these nonsense, ridiculous Republicans telling me that if we say just if only the president would say radical Islamic terrorism, we would be able to solve the terrorist problem in this world. If only the president would just say it. And the president of the United States, who has said it at every rally here in the United States, he says it in Alabama, he says it in Pennsylvania, he says it in Florida, but in Saudi Arabia, where it might actually matter... He does not say it. six three one four five one one oh three nine is my number. Let's go to Brian and Selden. Brian, how you doing? How's it going? It's going good. I'm hearing a lot of
1: this Trump fashion and everything, and I gotta say it, uh, woman who just called before, I think she's right on. I mean, this guy's a billionaire. Gave up a billion- Well, no, he lifestyle. says he's a
3: billionaire. We don't know if he's a billionaire. I, I tend right. to think he is. And you're right. He gave up a big lifestyle, which is why I think he's going to quit in 18 months. I'm just saying. Yeah. And
1: I just have a question for you. Would you rather Hillary? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I would rather have Hillary because Hillary
3: would would accept the responsibility of being leader of the free world, which this man is a day trader.
1: He he would accept the responsibility?
3: Yeah, I don't think this man wants to be leader of the free world anymore. He's a day trader. Mm -hmm. He wants to trade. He wants to do whatever's best in the moment. And leaders have to lead long term. Sometimes you got to give up a little when you're the leader. You have to say, hey, I'll take on more of the responsibility for climate change because I think it's a good thing to do. You say, I'll take on more responsibility for NATO because it's a good thing to do. The alternative is worse. I'm going to lead. This man does not understand that. Hillary Clinton absolutely would. 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to get back on the phone. Yeah, Hillary Clinton would. Hillary Clinton would have pulled out of the climate deal because the United States might be paying a little bit more than some other countries right now. Well, let me explain something to you, America. We're richer than other countries. We should be leading the way. We are exceptional. And if you truly believe in American exceptionalism, America needs to lead the way. The actions of this president belie a person who, does, who believes in American exceptionalism. It makes me think the guy thinks we are less than other countries. I believe we should be leading the free world. Donald Trump does not. Donald Trump is a day trader. If it's going to cost us a dollar more on Monday, he will trade us away. He will trade away the deal, even though it will pay dividends. NATO has kept the world free of another world war, America. NATO destroyed the Soviet Union, destroyed the communist threat. That was in the best interest of the United States of America. NATO keeps Russia at bay. This president doesn't understand the value. Yes, America might be paying a smidge more in the climate deal than, say, China or India or other countries that are not nearly as wealthy as us. But if we're going to lead the way, we've got to bring people along with us. This president doesn't understand that. That's why I think he abdicates the leadership of the free world. 631-451-1039 is the number. Let's go to Charlie. and to talk. Charlie, how you how you doing, Charlie? I'm doing fine. Bro. Turn down your radio, brother. I will. It's off. All right. How good. are s- you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, thank God. So what's on your mind? What's on my
1: mind is this, uh Mr. Trump. I mean, all, all I have to say is one thing. When the election came around, when you had Hillary Clinton and you had him, my problem was that who do I vote for? Do I vote for a criminal? Or do I vote for a guy who's a television star? <laughs> so the best of the two evils were, which I thought and I was a hundred percent wrong, I voted for
3: Mr. Trump. Well I'm glad you're saying you're wrong because well one she well, wasn't a... I was
1: wrong and, and, and the reason why is because I all I do is I when I look at him on television especially, I see him on the apprentice. <sighs> That's where he belongs.
3: Right. Him
1: him and parading with his, his beautiful wife. I mean, I've never in all of my years of seventy two years and all of the presidents that I've seen, I have never seen anyone like this man portray and bring his wife around like he's showing her off.
3: Well, come on, you can't. Of all the things about him, I don't want to say anything bad about his wife. I mean, you know, she's an attractive she's, an attractive. she's an attractive woman. Her. I mean, she's a former model. She's going to look like you're showing him off. I mean, that's God the way. Bless America,
1: right. but You know what? Sometimes he's got to leave her home. Well, she's she, the president I, of the free world,
3: Charlie. I think part of the problem, one of the reasons why this—I think one of the reasons why this guy is so miserable in Washington is because his wife's not there. She's living in New York. <laughs> well,
1: you know what? I hear what you're saying. When they're away from them, they miss them. When they're around too or too often, they, they, it's a pain in the neck. But you know what? He's in a different category than from anybody else in this world. He's our president. Yeah, and he's.
3: Charlie, I could. wealthy,
1: very smart man,
3: I but does not. I agree. He should be a reality show host and not the president. Thanks for your call. 631 451 1039. Charlie, at least he's admitting a mistake, right? He voted for the guy. Hillary was not a criminal. They portrayed her as a criminal. Uh, there are, you know, of the two people who ran in the uh, presidential race in 2016, one of them is being investigated by the FBI, and the other one's not. The one that's being investigated by the FBI is the guy in the White House right now. The guy who may have been colluding with the Russians. Now, as for Melania, I know she listens to the show. She's a fan. So let me just speak directly to you, Melania. Your country needs you. It is very clear to me that President Trump is miserable... When you are not around him. I don't know if he feels younger when he's got his 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 young beautiful wife with him or what. But he is definitely lonely inside that White House. And I understand that you are staying in New York so Barron can complete school. And that is great. I agree 100%. Good job. Not against that. But at the end of the school year, which is coming up. You need to go to D.C., and I know it's hot and ridiculously hot there in the summer. It is ridiculously hot there in the summer. Bring Barron, go to D.C., spend time with the president. He's happier when you're around and less erratic and less likely to tweet ridiculous things in the middle of the night when you're next to him. Take his phone from him as only you can and hold him down, okay? America needs you to be with him in this time, in this troubling time in our country. I mean, let's just talk for a minute about confifi. Can I just for a minute talk about that ridiculous tweet? And again, people make mistakes. I have tweeted out things that I've just, you know, pocket tweeted. Everybody has, I have misspelled things. I have forgotten I was tweeting and then texted somebody something. And then that has been a tweet. Everybody does it. I kind of think the president was asking for coffee. And, you know, things happen at 3.30 in the morning when you're tweeting. I get it. But the way this White House lies to the public and treats the public, the way Sean Spicer tried to explain this in his off-camera briefing, on Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday. It was a short week. I'm all screwed up. Can you play this for me, Mike? This is. Do you think people should be concerned um, that the president posted somewhat of an incoherent tweet last night and that it then stayed up for hours? Uh, no. Uh, the president and a small group of people know exactly what he meant. Can you freaking believe that? The president and a small group of people knew exactly what he meant. He meant, I want some coffee. Or whatever it was, make a joke out of it, Sean. That's what a press secretary does in this ridiculous situation. No, not this White House, because let me tell you something. If Sean Spicer was left to his own devices, he would have made a joke about it. He would have said maybe the president was ordering coffee and he mistweeted. Maybe it was a pocket tweet. Maybe, you know, his hands aren't as small as people think it think they are, and they kind of mess the buttons up. But no, they've got to make it some sort of intrigue. Oh, we we know. We know what it was. He knows what he meant, because that's what the president told him to say. The president was acting as John Miller, his own press secretary again. You go out there, Sean, and you tell him that I and a few other people know exactly what I meant. It was a secret code. It was fabulous. It was big. We never say we're wrong. We never say we're sorry. We never say we're a mistake. I—I I mean, in this situation, Mister President, it's okay. You don't have to treat the press like they're idiots. You don't have to treat the American people like we're idiots. Nobody buys that. And you know what else? Nobody cares. I care more because of what he said. Clearly, it was a typo or a mistweet. And if there was some secret meaning to it, now we all need to know. Now there'll be a congressional hearing about it. You, sir, are an idiot. You are not ready for prime time, Mr. President. It's outrageous that you would say that. That you would have your press secretary say, the president and a small group of people know exactly what he meant. Yeah, the guy who was supposed to get you coffee. That is probably what you call coffee. A certain style of coffee. I don't know what that means. Confifi. I don't know. Maybe you want... Splenda in it, or that other stuff that nobody can remember the name of, and and that's how you ask for it. And the guy in the kitchen comes up with it, because you're the president. It's fine. You got to add this intrigue to it? You got to make us all say, oh, what's going on here? What do you think this is? You think this is a game? You think this is The Apprentice? Even today with the Paris Accord, you had to say, I will be making an announcement at three o'clock. Tune in. How about issuing a press release like every other normal person in the world would have done? Everything's a game to this guy. Everything's show business. Never apologize. Never say, oh, he mistweeted. He was asking for coffee. confifi is French for call there? I, I mean I had the caller a few minutes ago just say I've never seen a president act like this. Like he should be on a reality television show. Like he just doesn't care. The other guy said, Well he was a billionaire and and, and, and Terry said, Well he was a billionaire and he gave everything up. I don't think he ever thought he'd be president, Terry, which is why I am so sure he will not stay the entire time. How many more summers do you have, Donald? You like playing golf? You like going out on your yacht, using your plane? How many more summers do you got? You don't have many, sir. Just do the math. You're 71 I mean, you might live to 100, but how many more summers are you going to get to go play golf? Not a lot of 90-year-olds out there on the links. Do the math, sir. Uh, I I mean, you got it all. You don't need this. And it's going to catch up to you sooner rather than later. And it's going to age you. You know what 74 is in president's years? It's 94. The presidency ages, people. It's a hard job. And it's only going to get harder. This is just the beginning. Wait till you start losing seats in the House, which might happen as early as next week. All right, America. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank my guest, Tom Shalhoub. I want to thank Terry for the Terry Test. All my callers. And I want to remind each and every one of you to seek the truth. Question everyone. Question everything. Even me. Seek the truth. I know you'll find it. I know it's out there. Keep looking for it, America. And I'll be back here next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America. Wish our weekdays away, spend our weekends in bed. We drink ourselves
0: stupid, work ourselves dead and all just because that's what mom and Dad said we should do. We should run through the forests, we should swim in the streams, we should laugh, we should cry, we should love, we should dream, we should stare at the stars and not just. A-
2: The Chris Hahn Show podcast is recorded live at 103.9 FM in New York at Long Island News Radio. This episode was sent to Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Jeffrey Schimmer. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more about Chris and to find out about his upcoming television appearances, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hahn and at ChristopherHan.com. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUstudios.com. Boom!